Welcome to Writing the Wrong Way, a podcast for readers who want something strange and exciting and writers who need something new. If you want to support this podcast, please consider buying my new book, The National Gallery. I'm extremely proud of this book because it may be my best book and it is certainly my most personal and heartfelt book. But just because I say it's heartfelt doesn't mean it isn't full of weirdness, like sonnets about Leatherface from the Texas Chainsaw Massacre and elegies for my dead iPhone. Uh, For a limited time, if you buy a copy of the National Gallery directly from me, I will sign it, and I will also send you a signed copy of my previous book, The Politics of Knives, for no additional cost. So you can order the book and get your free book uh, with it at thenationalgallery.ca. That's thenationalgallery.ca. I'm also excited because it is my 10-year anniversary as an author. My first book, Ex Machina, was published in October 2009, and to celebrate, uh, now that it is 2019, as I record this, I've made Ex Machina available as an ebook for the first time. It was never available as an ebook previously, uh, and I'm giving that ebook away for free at jonathanball.com/freebook. So, uh, go to jonathanball.com/freebook, and you can sign up, uh, get. All my ex- exciting news uh, when it's you know exciting and new, uh, and other free resources that I'll just you know send you as I create them, uh, plus a free book. Um, and again, you can go to the nationalgallery.ca uh, if you want to find out more about my new book uh, and get a free uh, book as well when you order that. So three, two free books and a paid book <laughs> available to you. In any case. Um, Let's get into the show. Before I dive into this episode, uh, which is about literary communities and how to kind of, as a new author, uh, reach out to or join or just participate in a literary community, I just want to offer a preface note because me and my friend Ryan Fitzpatrick are recording this podcast. And as soon as we were done recording, as soon as I hit stop, Ryan said, you know, we just talked forever about, you know, all these ways to join a literary community. And I realized the second we were done that it's all well and good for us to say these things as like two white guys who, relatively speaking, have had pretty minimal um, risks uh, and pretty positive experiences in terms of joining a literary community. Uh, and so I just want to acknowledge from the outset because, you know, Ryan and I kind of just realized as soon as we were done talking, we realized, you know, most of what we said, it just isn't going to apply for people who uh, maybe are, you know, coming into things with a different background or even just into a different community. Um, and so while I think there is some valuable advice here, uh, And I think that a lot of it, you know, still is good advice or still is relevant and, you know, relatively significant uh, and useful to you. I do want to just note that, again, you know, me and Ryan are coming at it from a pretty privileged position um, that we just kind of, you know, it just kind of hit us in the head almost as we were just finishing up, you know, what a privileged position maybe it is that we're coming into the discussion uh, of the literary community and you know finding a place in the literary community you know, it's just a very specific way that we're looking at it because of how things went for us so it's not that this is bad advice or not relevant or useful advice but it is uh, I think very limited by our point of view um, so I'm going to have to do a future podcast I think with uh, somebody else 
who maybe um, has a bit of a more uh, fuller or balanced or just an, another perspective on the same topic. So if you're that person, if you're somebody who you know just has a different perspective on entering a literary community and maybe disagrees with some of the things that we're saying um, or just, you know, has a different point of view on it, uh, you know, feel free to let me know that you're interested in coming on the podcast. Uh, otherwise, you know, I will be kind of looking for another person to maybe talk about the same topic, but with that other point of view. So I just wanted to note that uh, because Ryan and I just thought, you know, as soon as we were done recording, we had to go do something else. And it just kind of occurred to us, you know, <laughs> It's all well and good for us to say some of these things, but we're we're kind of coming at it differently from say, you know, somebody who maybe has to think a bit more uh, about, you know, doing certain things. So that said, uh, here is me and Ryan talking about uh, how to kind of get into and participate in a literary community. I'm here with Ryan Fitzpatrick in the Ryan Fitzpatrick house. Uh-oh. Um, it sounds very elegant when I say it that way, isn't it? I like to add a penthouse to things, even yeah. if like I'm just in a park. <laughs> like this is the uh, Winwood Park, the Winwood House. It just is like one of those weird literary things that people do, you know? Like they call everything this. Thing. It's like this cottage that like pretty, you know. Oh, the pretty. Live in. But that that one even is like I think it's they the Alberti A frame. Yeah, it's not even a cottage. It's the A frame. Yeah, as if is that the superior. A plus level cottage. I don't know. Yeah, well, that's the suggestion. I think it's yes. like that's the architecture of the building. It is. But the, if you say, I know, but but if you say it's the A frame, <laughs> like A is like that's the grade you want in school. <laughs> that's, that's the cottage like, you want to write. That's in. the kind of meat you want to eat. Yeah, it's the game you want to play. The triple A. Yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, uh, we we and Ryan we're uh, sitting here in his place. I'm just trying to turn around Toronto a little bit. I'm about to head to Hamilton. Um, you know, just turn for the National Gallery book. And uh, staying with Ryan, who I, you know, know from our time in Calgary when we both uh, lived there. You grew up in Calgary, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah, and then you moved, you know, then, you know, Ryan moved to Vancouver and, uh, you know, end up here in Toronto. Uh, and I want to talk to Ryan a little bit about something I get asked a lot by Right as in my um, intro classes, particularly, you mm. know, which is this question of like, how do you how do you connect to other writers? Like, how do you join a literary community? Like, what is a literary community, oh, and God. so on. Good and, question. <laughs> and Ryan was saying, like, yeah, it's a good question, but it is like a question that has like, on one hand, it has some very simple answers that are you know very practical and straightforward. On the other hand, it has like a weird complicated non-answer you know and is this interminable process that you're always in doing or or having done to you <laughs> in a matter of speaking um but like I, I how did you guys get hooked into just you know meeting other writers you know back in the day when you started you know writing and just getting interested in meeting other writers what, what did you actually do like to, what did i actually do okay um so like a lot of people, my entrance point was a creative writing class, for better or worse. Like, I don't want to say that that's the only entrance point, but it is an entrance point for a lot of people, uh, where if you get the... I also don't want to say right or wrong prof, but like a lot of profs will say you need to like... Like poetry is a, is a social thing. Like it's a social art form. So you need to go and 
meet people. So I was very lucky, lucky to like work with uh, uh, Nicole uh, Markotic and Fred Waugh, who both thought like it was important to go out in the community. Um, so I had, and I had, and if you're in a creative writing class, you have this group of people ready made to that you can say, hey, let's go to this reading together. Um, so I started going to readings when I was doing that, and then uh, then eventually I. Um, barged my way into filling station by showing up at some meeting that Tom Muir asked me to go to. It's like a situation where there was just like an open meeting and then there wasn't another meeting for like four months, uh, which is very typical. And then like, um, that's because it was behind the scenes wrangling, but that was like a whole different thing of the boom and bust cycle of filling station magazine. The fact that it was constantly uh, going out of business <laughs> I think it's settled down now, but who knows? Because I'm not in it. Yeah. Um, it's it, the magazine still exists, so something's going right. Um, and through that, like, I got involved in the magazine, and I met people through that, and I helped run a reading series, and um, yeah, like, really, the the answer is you just how you just start going to things, and you meet people very slowly, and I think it like. I don't know, we'll get into this, but it's easier if you're in a smaller place because mm. the radius isn't so, like, indomitable. I can't imagine being a young writer in Toronto and trying to, like, be involved in things. You just wouldn't, like... You would either, like, limit yourself to a really small corner of it or you would, like... Or you would stop writing. Like, because, like, community is, like, a different beast here. It was a different beast in Vancouver, too. Yeah. Well, uh, for me, like I kind of, I grew up in a really small town where there literally was nobody else, and like there were no writers around yeah. at all. There's no bookstore. There's no infrastructure of any sort for that kind of thing. Um, you know, I, I didn't even really know anyone else who was interested in writing. Yeah, like, you know, with a couple friends who like, I don't know, like they just they like vaguely had a vague interest in it, but nobody like had a, a serious interest in it like I did, you know. Yeah. Uh, then when I moved to Winnipeg uh, to go to university, it was um, it was a similar thing for a little while, like until I really started to get into yeah creative writing classes. I didn't really meet other people who were that interested in it, but at least then like I would, could go to readings. Like I I wasn't really super aware of them. Yeah. And I didn't really understand. I think at the time like. You can just go to a book launch. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like You thought you had to be invited to a book launch. Yeah, no, I I, I did. Like, you know, I thought like, oh, this author's having a big, you know, party at the bookstore to celebrate their books. Well, if I'm not on the guest list, you know, <laughs> I can't go to you know, but I don't know where I got that impression, but it was, you know and then even when I started going to them, like I don't I don't have any of this anymore, but like, you know, there was a growing up in a small town and never knowing anybody in even remotely related to any artistic industry like I still had that idea that you know there's some sort of aura a specialness around these people yeah. I was nervous to talk to them you know what I mean I thought they were all geniuses I, <laughs> I still have that like for some people maybe but like but not in general right well no like people are reading so I don't know like I find since I moved here in mm. Calgary I found like like it wasn't that because I kind of had my hand on the rudder of the of like whatever was going on a lot of the time. So I like sure. it was part of my I was hosting the reading, so it was part of my job to like go. Oh hey, like uh, who are you? I'm Ryan. I run this thing. Thank you for coming. Like so, I had this kind of social way of 
operating, but like since moving to, like I found it a bit in Vancouver. Um, and I find it even more here because like the room, any room, uh, I walk into, it's a different set of people. Sure. Like, yeah. there's no Trust. consistency. Mm-hmm. And so I find I go to the same reading series all the time. Cause maybe I'll see the same people or someone I know will be there. Cause they'll tell me about it. I, I found it's weird. Like, I found it was a th- the thing that kind of got me over a lot of stuff when I was. It sounds like you kind of did this to some degree too, but like yeah. I just started like trying to put myself in positions where yeah, it was like I was volunteering and it was my job now to talk to this person. Yeah, you know, like and I yeah, like I had an excuse to do it. Or one thing I did was I started uh, a big thing for me was this class that Dennis Cooley taught. Mm. So it wasn't a first year class; it was like a second year or something. You had to apply into it, but. Um, I remember distinctly, like, it, I mean, it was a it was a big class in from my life in a couple ways. But one was a just like it the peer group in that class was phenomenal. Just yeah. for whatever reason, like it like that class, um, I was in there with a guy named GMB Kamichek, who you know I still uh, am friends with. I, I you know I'm in a, I mean I work in his studio sometimes, and he's become like a you know a, gra- a full time like comic artist and graphic you know novelist, and does a lot of you know. Uh, illustration and, and writing in different fields. Yeah. He did, he illustrated a book for David Robertson, you know, and, um, he's, he's all over the place, you know, just doing things. Yeah. And, um, Salima Nawaz, uh, was in that class, you know, and I kind of got to become friends with her and, um, you know, now she's in Montreal, like, you know, uh, she had, a you know, a book selected for Canada Reads at one point, like, you know, she won the journey prize and like everybody in that class kind of had like, like was doing like really interesting stuff and, and just kept doing things yeah. for the most part. Even, even years later, like me and uh, Gregory were walking through McNally Robinson one day after some like book launch of somebody else in that class. Yeah. And then we saw like the, you know, the retired woman who was taking it for, you know, on a lark, she put out a book, <laughs> you know, and I was like sitting at McNally Robinson with like signing her book. Yeah. You know, it was just like a weirdly great peer group yeah. of like people who just were really productive. But then the bigger thing was because it was Cooley, um, you know, like he would also like have this, you know, open invitation for people to come like meet him, you know, wherever they wanted, like whenever they wanted. And he would like tour other writers through and, you know, I got to meet, you know, uh, like all sorts of other people, you know, that were in town or just yeah. know, passing through. Um, like a Burke Sproxton, which, you know, probably most people don't know, but, you know, he did a really excellent book uh, at one point. On, it was, you know, kind of quietly influential on the prairies. Yeah. And of course, David Arneson was a big figure there. And Robert Croach, you know, would come by sometimes just to hang out, you know. Yeah. And then um, the other thing that was really probably the most important part of that whole class was uh, Gregory Kamichek, who I mentioned. He, after the class was over, he he was like, "Let's just keep doing this class, <laughs> you know, at my house. You know, yeah. come to my house every week at the same time. We're already you're already free at this time." And so uh, yeah. everyone just would kind of go to his house every week. We came and became a weird writing group and. And that really, and then that started to pull in like other people from the communities. Like I found it was a really great, but, uh, yeah, like the class structure really bled into the, like the peer group community. But then the other thing that happened in that class was Cooley's final assignment. He made you create a chapbook. And so what I did was 
I was like, well, make, well from what, and you had to make one for everybody in the class. Yeah. And that was like your final you know, assignment submission. And so I was like, well, if I'm already making like 30 of them or whatever, or 20 of them, or whatever it was, I might as well make 50 of them. Yeah. And so I made a bunch of them and I just started, and I was like, well, I'm a chapbook press. And I would go to, <laughs> so my like now in was, I, I was like, I'll, if I go to literary events and now I'm a chapbook publisher, maybe I can like, I can like be approaching these people and saying, hey, you know, I'd love to publish your chapbook. Yeah. You know, and um, and so now I was like all of a sudden a person like maybe somebody else might want to talk to yeah. <laughs> because I can publish them. And I, it was like my kind of way around like the nervousness of approaching people. Like I'll just, you know, you know, try to like position myself as a person who like, you know, c- can help this person. Yeah. Well, my 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 arc through it is like actually really similar to yours in a few ways. Like like although it wasn't everybody in my in my second year creative writing class. Although there's a couple people like uh, I remember it was like second like, year, but it was yeah. yeah, it was one of those not too yeah. far up. Then. But like uh, Nikki Reimer was in that class. Uh, Chris Ewart, who had uh, who may one day release a second novel. We yeah we was, we can hope. Miss Lamp is um, very underappreciated. Yeah. Uh, Julia Williams was in that class who who has a book a long time ago out of Coach House who hopefully one day yeah. will re- release her second book. The Sink House. Yeah. Um, well, uh, Rebecca Faria, who who I think is like doing spoken word in Halifax, um, and there were a bunch of other people who could have like for whatever reason life kind of tugged them away from from writing, and they could have uh, they could have gone on to do stuff, but and maybe they still will. I don't know. I'm not yeah. in touch with them. It would be really great to to see uh, something from some of those people, um, and then yeah, like. We didn't have the assignment. I think I think Fred tried to have us, or in a previous year, he had uh, done the same assignment that uh, Cooley did uh, with the class like a ha- year ahead of us. So I remember the year end reading, going to it, and like it was at like. Do you remember that uh, weird jazz bar that was in the Grain Exchange building in Calgary, like but near the like it was in the same almost in the same space as the Truck Gallery. Uh, kind of, yeah. It was like the Beatnik Cafe or something. Yeah. It was in the basement. But we they had the, the year-end creative writing reading there, and everybody got up and read two minutes max. And if you didn't, if you went over, they would get the hook. Uh, not literally, but figuratively. Uh, like Fred would tell you to get off stage, I think, probably. Or maybe Nicole. Or maybe Aretha. One of them would be rude to you. But no one went over, so who knows? Because uh, we, we were all scared of uh, one of those people. Uh, but the they had a piano up on the stage, and the piano was like covered with chapbooks. Hmm. And so I know like the project that I did for for Nicole's class, uh, I made as a chapbook and made fifty copies, and was, I just handed it out to people. Mm-hmm. And then because I had done it once, like I went, oh, okay, maybe I'll do this for other people. And the same same kind of deal. If I liked someone's work, I would go, hey, you should let me publish like that poem you just read as a thing and I would go away and I would uh, I was living with my folks at that point and my dad had bought a photocopier so I was like running stuff off on my dad's shitty photocopier uh, and I would just make like leaflets or I'd make like uh, like eventually it became full on chapbooks and mm. I would bring in like uh, my friend Sandy Sandy Ewart then Sandy Lamb cause she changed her name when she got married um uh, would do covers and like, but it became this whole social enterprise around p- 
publishing. Yeah. But that came out of like this thing I did in a class. Yeah. Like I, I found it really a, a great way to do things because all of a sudden, like I had this, when, when, when I did that, well, I did the chapbook press. I did my own chapbook, but I was like, and it was great just to have a bunch of them, you know, like you give it to people and yeah. stuff and it was like a fun little gift and you know, it was kind of like your little uh, calling card in a way, but it was like just a fun little like project. But then the other side of it, I f- was um, once I decided, you know, I'll mostly use this press to publish other people. I um, all of a sudden, then you know, it became a thing where um, you know, if I really liked somebody's stuff and thought yeah. they were, that they were interesting, well, I had an excuse to talk to them. I had an excuse to. Uh, continue a conversation yeah. and extend an interaction with them, you know, and like meet them again, you know. So it became like a whole uh, way to just sort of like build a peer group, you know, or and like meet people, yeah, to where you know that I could that I could learn things from. Like even today, like uh, with this podcast, I'm sort of it's a sort of a similar adventure, yeah. You know, it's like an excuse to talk to people, you know, that I maybe wouldn't otherwise. Like I was. Um, the other day I was interviewing Andrew Piper and um, like, I don't know Andrew Piper, <laughs> like I've never met him, you know, yeah. but uh, he's like, if I've talked to him online a little bit and it's like, if he's a friendly guy, like, um, like a lot of times those people aren't as inaccessible as I think you think, well, but think, it helps to have an excuse to talk to them. I think sometimes we just assume that we all are busy and have walls up around mm-hmm. ourselves. So like we don't like I do that too. Where I just like won't approach people because I'm like, well, I don't want to bother that person. Yeah. Or that person, that person doesn't even know who I am. And like, I let you know I'm, if you're bothering. I'm them. 20 years. <laughs> I'm 20 years and two books into like two books into this to mm-hmm. whatever this career quotation marks around that word. And like, I like it when people care about my shit, but I also feel that kind of nervousness and like hesitancy to like talk to people about their. It's like a it's a total contradiction. Mm-hmm. I also just found like it was a thing where because I, I was doing a degree like on campus it was yeah. like it'd be a weird thing that would lead to other things like yeah. I would, because I was doing this chapbook press you know which is just like a little literally like stapling books on my kitchen table kind of thing. yeah but because I was doing that all of a sudden like I was like qualified to run like the university newspapers literary supplements yeah and I started a little mini magazine for the arts council which still run like in a more complicated form they actually like i founded the university of manitoba's you know student literary journal but it's because you did the small thing to like put yourself that was because i wanted an office on campus because i was so exhausted Mm. uh i wanted to be able to sleep on campus (laughs) (laughs) so i applied for this there was like a there's like the arts student body council is doing this like we we want a newsletter. We're we're doing a, running a newsletter. We want like somebody to publish this newsletter. And I went into the and I went into the interview and I was like, this is a stupid idea to have a newsletter. You should just cancel it. And he said you should give me money to make a literary journal. And they were like, oh whatever, sure. And then I got my office. I could sleep in my office. I could stay. I would like you know if I had exams, I would just like yeah. stay on campus. But you no, know, like weird like little things like that start to add up. You know. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, like people think you're. All of a sudden, I was like, the I had a monopoly on literary publishing on campus. <laughs> I was like, all the places that published anything, I was running them for some bizarre reason. Only if you're the guy in that small in that small mm-hmm. pond, then people in other the other small ponds in Winnipeg start to notice and go, "Oh, John." It was very odd, and it was it was funny, but but it was very much like you know, 
if I just started doing things, you yeah. know, and then you start meeting people cause you're doing things, you know, and, and I, it just, I found it for me, it was like, not that everyone has to start a Chapic press or, or you know, or, I mean, or take a creative writing class, but, yeah. but anything that you can do to just kind of like get over your own, um, uh, ideas, like your, your own roadblocks about like approaching these people. Cause they're usually quite approachable. Like once in a while you meet a real jerk, but like yeah. for the most part, people are pretty approachable. I find. Well, and like, I, I think like one of, one of the other ways that maybe like doesn't need like is, is way more low impact and doesn't need you to be attached to an institution. Mm-hmm. You don't need to like make yourself into a cultural impresario <laughs> is if there's like any kind of regular reading series just yeah. Start, just start going to it. And eventually, like, if you start, like, if you go to it, like, a half dozen times, which I get is, like, that's a half year of labor. But, like, you get, like, six, if it's every month, you get six nights of free entertainment. Entertainment, let's put that in quotation marks. Yeah. Poetry isn't always entertaining. <laughs> but, um, but, hey, get out of the house. Uh, but people will start to, like, go, oh, who's this? I, I recognize you. You come the last few times. And people will introduce themselves to you. Yeah. It, no, it, you know what's weird about the literary stuff, too, I found? Like, especially reading series, but anything like that. Anything where, like, if you just keep showing up to a location, yeah. people will just start putting you in charge of it. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's a weird thing in the literary world, because they're, they're always scrambling for, like, people to help, or, like, somebody yeah. wants to quit, or, you know, or whatever. Yeah. Like, I, like I used to go to, speaking of reading series, there was a, there's a reading series in Winnipeg called Speaking Crow, which yeah. is, like, an open, basically it's an open mic night. Yeah. But then they'll have, like, one, like, more established yeah. person that they kind of, like, bring in. Um, so I remember like, um, and this has been running for, I don't know how long, uh, but I remember going to it in the early days, like, uh, and I, you know, the girl I was uh, dating at the time, we would just keep, we just kept going to this open mic night and all of yeah. a sudden they're like, they just put her in charge of it. <laughs> like, Hey, you're always here. Like, yeah. why don't you run this thing? And she's like, what? <laughs> but it's that like idea of like ongoing presence right mm-hmm. so one of the things when I was running Flywheel in Calgary one of the things that I hated was when somebody would come to the reading re- come to the series for the first time and they would kind of corner me um, or let, let's be more generous they would approach me and they would start talking to me and within a couple minutes they were asking me how they could book themselves to read yeah. the reading series and I went no that's not how it works like I I choose people in the community. I try to be mm-hmm. uh, as wide-ranging about it. And I just go, why don't you just, like, uh, come to the series some more times and we can get a sense of who you are and mm-hmm. and be a part of the community. And, like, eventually, like, you probably end up reading because whether it's me or somebody else will say, hey, why why don't you ask this person who, who we like because they're around to read? Like, it's this weird thing, like, yeah. it sounds mercenary to say, go to a reading series and just show up every month, like, and eventually people will recognize you. But it's just, like, people want to be involved with people, other people who care about what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, and then, like... Some places you can, yeah. like, like there are sometimes two reading series, like Speaking Crow was, like, an open mic, where you yeah. can, you'd go, and if you wanted to read, you could sign up. If you didn't want to read, you just sit there. But like, but yeah, even the ones that it wears, it seems more exclusive and yeah. closed off. Like if you just are a presence there, like you say, yeah. you know, well, like open, I think, I also think I, ne- I don't go to open mics anymore. I probably should. Cause like I could probably stand to hone my, hone my performance craft. <laughs> um, but, um, but yeah, when I, w- when I was starting out, I just, I, when I was starting out, I went to everything. 
Yeah. Like we in like yeah, in Calgary way. was possible it was possible to go to everything cuz there'd only be like two or three readings a week. So like there's your social life taken care of. So you're just going to these readings and eventually you meet people or you go with someone, they know somebody who's there so you get introduced and like you get a sense of the lay of the land and where you fit in the community, like how where your stuff fits and like you sign up for some open mics and you learn like that's kind of trial by fire. You learn how to do a liter- poetry reading because nobody teaches you. And you just learn the landscape too. Yeah. Like, like when I started showing up to places, I started to realize like, oh, that person runs this magazine. That person, you know, runs this other magazine. That's yeah. the person who runs the reading series. Like, you know, because and and you you, know, you sort of see the same faces and you start to kind of get a sense of who they are. Even if you're not actually talking to that person, you kind of get a the lay of the land a little bit, yeah. you know. And I think it's less intimidating in some ways, especially like if, you know, some people just don't have that. Uh, like aren't intimidated in that way. But for me, it was, you know, very intimidating initially because, um, because I just had, you know, grown up in a small town yeah. and everything. But then like the more I went to, th- I, I did start to, especially when you're young and you don't have like, you know, stuff to do. <laughs> like I would just, yeah, I just literally yeah. started going to everything. And, um, you know, I got, uh, I just got to know who people were, you know, mm. What about when you moved to Vancouver? Like, when I moved to Calgary, I was, you know, I, I knew Derek Beaulieu already because I had met him at a conference. But I didn't really know him, but I had met him once. Yeah. And so I, like, emailed him and, like, said, hey, uh, you know, what's, can I, like, you know, take you out for a beer and, like, you can tell me what to do and, like, where to go and what the reading series are yeah. and things like that. And I just, what I found... And then I did that to other people I didn't know. I would just, I just like found like, I knew that they had books and they were like, I had their people's books that were also in Calgary. Yeah. So initially I had a choice between going to Edmonton or Calgary. And I, I picked Calgary because when I, I looked at my bookshelf and there were more Calgary writers <laughs> on it than Edmonton writers. You know, that was like the, the only like reason I picked one or the other. Yeah. Other. And then I just like, I tried some of them I found like they had websites that I just emailed them like, Hey, can I, you know, go take you out for coffee or a beer or something? Just ask you questions about like the literary scene. And like, sometimes people, you know, don't like that, but I find like a surprisingly, people are usually surprisingly responsive to like just a direct, you know, Hey, can I, can you tell me the answer to this question? Yeah. (laughs) You know, because like you say, like they're often, they, they often don't get as much, um, people contact them as you'd think yeah um so what'd you do when you went yeah. to vancouver though uh vancouver well like vancouver, you would have known some people already yeah that's and i and i had hooks because i went to vancouver to do a phd mm-hmm. so like i already had this kind of built-in uh workplace mechanism to kind of like place me like in certain kinds of readings or or talks were more of a thing in vancouver than they were in calgary so like academic talks like big public academic talks mm-hmm. Like just, I shouldn't say they didn't happen in Calgary, but they were so like few and far between. And they're usually more like just in a room at the university. Yeah. Or sometimes, sometimes at the library. Hmm. Um, but, um, but Vancouver as a scene is like quite different than Calgary. Calgary, the scene is like really integrated but where there are like kind of pockets, it's probably changed. So maybe I should couch this in like when yeah, I, we were there in 2000, I don't know. I was there 2005, 2009. Yeah. I don't remember when you left. Yeah. So in Calgary, there were like different pockets. There was kind of like, there was the university pocket where it'd be like, 
um, people who were actively in the program doing stuff. And they were to intersect with people in the community who maybe did creative writing and maybe not. But even in the community, there were kind of like weird pockets where there'd be the group around filling station, but also there'd be spoken word group. There'd be the spoken word group, which did connect with like Mm -hmm. stuff, which in Vancouver, the spoken word group was like off on their own doing their own thing. Yeah. Um, Winnipeg doesn't, it's very, Winnipeg is a weird place because unlike other cities, the artistic disciplines are really interconnected. Like filmmakers know the writers and they know the visual artists. And like, like I'm hanging out with these comic artists, you know, and like, I find that's not really the case in other cities for some uh, there's strange a bit reason. Of that. There's but a bit of that in Vancouver. Van- Van- Calgary had a little bit of it, though, more than I expected. Well, in Calgary, it would be it would all, it, in Calgary. I found it was uh, it would be like they people, were not they certain were not people connected. would cross over. Yeah, that's what would happen. Like Sherry D. Wilson would like kind of cross between, like she would know people at, at like a certain reading series or whatever. But otherwise, like yeah, you had these little groups that had like or you individuals get, who'd yeah. cross over. Or you get hooks into the art community at different moments with different people. Like mm-hmm. Derek was working at the new gallery. And Mark Hopkins was really bopping in between places. Like, cause he was pretty involved in the theater scene and mm-hmm. is, I think he's more involved in the theater scene now than he yeah, is. In my the is. Um, but yeah, like when I, when I landed in Vancouver, it was uh, like, I kind of, I could leverage the mechanisms of the institution, but also I just started trying to go, go to things. And I found like certain pockets of the scene I fit better in because of the kind of work I was doing. Like, um, I f- even though I wasn't, even though I wasn't completely at home, I felt more at home going to a KSW thing because um, the people there like had actually read my work. Sure. Um, and even though I like a lot of the people in the kind of like post UBC MFA thing, like I never quite fit with them as a community. You know, like a lot of those people I'm really friendly with. I really like like Daniel uh, Zamparelli and Dina Del Bucchia and, um, and Kayla Zaga. And, uh, and then the kind of younger folks who were like, I met them when they were working on uh, Prism um, with like uh, Curtis LeBlanc and Mallory Tater and Dominique Bernier-Cormier and uh, uh, who else? Like I'm going to feel really bad because one of these people, I'm going to blank on names and one of these people is going to listen well, to this but, podcast. But one of these, uh, one of the things you're saying though is like, there are like these little pockets yeah. around institutions or around like things like, yeah. you know, around a magazine, around a reading series or whatever. And there's, there's often crossover, but there is like, I think there's a sense in which, you know, those things are like the hubs, right? Yeah. I find it's a little different. Like, I know for me, I find like it's different. It's more of a community for poetry than say for fiction writers. Like yeah. I find fiction, we were talking about this the other day, but fiction writers are a little more isolationist for whatever reason. Yeah. Not that they mean to be, but it just doesn't seem like there's not like a fiction reading series. Yeah. The way there's like a poetry series. Like I just, for whatever reason, it just hasn't enabled itself in the same yeah. way. Every once in a while you see someone try to get something going, but like mm-hmm. it doesn't get critical mass. So like the best you can do is like a reading series that's just interested in writers. So we'll have both. Yeah, and you'll have these weird like lone wolves that come out of nowhere. But for the most part, like people are aware of what other people are doing because yeah. they, you know, see them at things or whatever. Yeah. But although once in a while you'll just have like a weird person you've never heard of just pops out of nowhere and does something but uh i find like it was just going to things just was really invaluable yeah 
because even if you don't, I mean, on one hand, you kind of like connect into a community or like start to meet people. But on the other hand, you just get a sense of what people are doing. Yeah. Which is, you know, can be influential in its, in its own way. Like I found in Calgary, I was really, um, I, I've never really felt like I was doing the thing that other people around me were doing. Yeah. But I always like have felt like influence from it, you know, like I've always like been excited about like the stuff these other people around me are doing. Yeah. And just the fact that people are doing things. Like uh, what? What it seemed in Calgary. If there was a time in Calgary where it seemed like I, I, it felt, it really felt like every week somebody was launching a book. It was a real moment. Like yeah, you know, and it was just exciting, you know. And so it's like you go home and you're like, I want to work in my book, <laughs> you know. Like it was very. Uh, I found it very like you know because if I didn't care about that book, it was exciting. Because when everybody's launching a book, the question becomes like. Oh, you, John, when, when, when are you, when are you, when's your book coming out? Well, people would literally ask you that. Like, yeah. hey, when are you going to put out a book? I never get that question now. <laughs> <laughs> well, but you know, but when, or, be, or the other question would be like, uh, what, what are you working on? What's your project? Yeah. What's your project? And then you feel like you have to have a project. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like even if you don't, there's like an almost like a weird, it's almost like a positive shame. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like you, I would just start making up projects like to answer the question. And uh, then I'd start doing some of them because they were actually like not bad ideas. Yeah. But yeah, there is like a, a, a but then, and you found it like difficult coming to trial. You don't feel it has the same energy just because in, in I think it's, a, I think it's, it's just, just more diffuse. It's or? the size and it's more diffuse and I'm sure there's pockets and I just haven't seen them yet. Um, like I think there's um, like maybe an interesting energy coming out of like knife fork book. Yeah, like, I was just gonna say uh, we just, I just it, did a knife for fork book reading the other day, and it seemed like a really kind of exciting place. But, but it uh, seems it seems like if we compare it to Calgary, it seems less of a community. Although there is a community around it, but it seems less of like a kind of diffuse. Like everybody's kind of doing a bunch of things at once. Then it seems like the bookstore is an enterprise, and it's attracting people. Mm. Um, like I, I really like Pivot. It seems like, but it, but any time every time I go there, it's a different audience because the audience is coming with the readers rather than. Hmm. Like, and that could be an effect of it's happening. It happens every two weeks and there's so many reading series here. Um, like it's daunting. I haven't been to like 10% of the reading series in Toronto mm-hmm. in a year. Um, cause I can't go to like, this I'm not, just a I'm large not, city, you know, I'm not in my twenties and have lots <laughs> of energy. Uh, so I can't go to three or four reading series a week when I have to truck across town because as as you've learned, like I live way far east, yeah. and ev- <laughs> every literary thing in Toronto now is like like west of Bathurst. Yeah, I mean, it seems like a exciting city in certain ways, and a daunting one in other ways, like you say. But um, but you know, it, like everywhere else, so you got like your pockets, you know, right? Like here, I think I don't know, like maybe, correct me if I'm wrong. Like it seems to me here that a lot of it is centered around publishers because yeah. there's so many publishers here. Well, yeah. I think there's a lot of publishers, but they're not like as out in the community, yeah. you know, in the same way, like they're just kind of publishing things and like you have a couple, but like, whereas like, like, you know, coach house has their big launch event. Yeah. Like I don't think I've ever seen an event like that in Winnipeg, mm. but you have presses launching like, yeah, but we have books. like there's two, three, four of those. Like last fall I went to like, I think four or five because all the presses would have like a big kind of do at a thing and the vibe would be slightly different, but it would be the same format where all the writers for the season get up and they read their mm-hmm. two to five minutes. Yeah. I've only ever seen that in Toronto. Like I'm yeah. sure they do other, in other places, but 
I've never seen it. Well, uh, Talon does it in Vancouver. Yeah. But uh, but uh, the other presses in Vancouver don't necessarily do it. Like Newstar doesn't do it. Um, uh, I think Anvil has done it a little bit. Um, weirdly, weirdly, I, I've never seen Arsenal Pulp do it. Hmm. So you'd think like yeah, you think because there's such a big press. Maybe they right do now. it. And we don't know about it. But. Yeah. Well, it's possible. Uh, but I I. I never heard about stuff when I was there, but maybe that's an effect of the communities I was in. Yeah, I don't even know what the value of it is exactly. Yeah. I, but I, it, it's, it's, a, it's, it's, it's but it seems like it's very a sense different. of closure, I think, and celebration. Well, it just I don't know. It seems to me, regardless of anything else, it seems like there's just a bit more community around the presses. Yeah, in a way, maybe I'm wrong, but it just seems like that, and it seems like um, I don't know. It just seems like there's just a bit more. Um, maybe these little orbits yeah uh, because well, yeah just because you've got so many presses here and then writers transiting yeah here as well like they flew me in for the, the event but, but like a lot of those people live here right yeah you know just for, for whatever reason but that that sense of community you got going to those readings is pretty dispersed like maybe you'll see some of those people at another event maybe you won't like some of those people will only come into town for like a couple events. Like, like, uh, sometimes you'll see like Stu Ross was at your reading and yeah, like, I missed him, but and, a, and was, like, he's a, he's I a guy, he's a guy who lives out of town. Right. So you won't see him at a sure. lot of the little events, although he'll come into town. Like if it's someone he knows, but like often you'll see him like come, come into town, uh, for a bigger thing or if it works for his schedule. Cause I think he's in some days of rather than others. But. Yeah, but but even just the travel time here yeah. seems like an issue. Like Winnipeg everything everything's pretty close. Yeah, so if you're if you're there's like the weather, like if Yeah. <laughs> if it's too cold to leave the house or not. Well, Calgary was like how far do you have to go? Calgary was the same. Um yeah, so like there's all kinds of weird factors for how these mm-hmm. things how these things assemble. So I hope well, whatever young writers are listening to this, like, don't get daunted if they're if they happen to live in a city that's like weirdly complicated for this stuff. Because I think the answer is just like go out and do stuff. Yeah, you're that's probably right. Answer. Regardless, like you know, you, you know, no matter what city you're in or what's going on around yeah. you, just like whatever is going on around you, just go to it. Yeah, <laughs> go to the closest thing that's there and just keep going to it. Yeah, and you know, kind of branch out, you know, as you're comfortable with. But you know. And I think it also just helps to, you know, just get some excuse to talk to people. Like, yeah, if you don't, if you, if you, you know, either just, you know, talk to people, but if you have like reservations about it, just, you know, find some manufacture, some method around it. You yeah. Know? Whether it's starting your own reading series yeah. or, you know, whatever, just uh, volunteering at a yeah. thing. I would say the, the hopeful, the hopeful answer. And I've seen a lot of people do this, like, if you don't see, if you don't see the community that you want to see, like if you've gone to everything mm-hmm. and it's like, you don't feel at home, you, you might have to make it. So I always think of like, like where some like greedy series or publication would pop up in a really minor way. And then like suddenly like it's serving a community that nobody knew was there. Well, that's kind of what Gregory did when, when that class is over yeah. and he invited everyone to his house to just keep coming every week. Like, I really, you know, in talking to him later, like I really got the sense that like part of the reason he did that was because he just, he, he again, he similarly like just felt disconnected from yeah. the literary community. Like he, he fancied himself a writer, <laughs> but he was like, 
you know, basically doing, he, he was a comic books guy. He used to yeah. own a comic book store. Then, you know, he closed that and then he, um, was, you know, drawing, but he really, you know, was primarily interested in writing at that time. Yeah. He had written like a massive, like 600 page novel that he then threw in the trash and all this stuff. But, um, he, you know, for him, it was just kind of like, he, he just brought the community to him. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't know how to go to it exactly. So he just kind of invited it into his home in a really yeah. literal manner. And, um, you know, that's not going to work for everyone, but, uh, but I, but it is like, I, I just, even now that I think about it, like my first, you know, professional publications sort of came out of going to things because like, yeah. I, I was going to that speaking crow uh, reading series and I was reading stuff at it. And then, you know, an editor from CV2 magazine, uh, you know, was, happened to be there and asked me to submit work to them. And that became my first like real publication. Yeah. You know, and, um, it's like, there is like, um, there's just all these different ways in which just going to a thing, you know, uh, is, or, or creating a thing is, I think really like integral and valuable. And it, it, I think it's nice to create things too, just because then you're not just like, I know, then you're like contributing to the community. I think so much of like being part of a community is contributing to it. Yeah. You know, as opposed to just like figuring out what you can take from it. (laughs) Yeah. But like there, there's like a give and take, you know, but, um, you know, you got to just kind of, I think, find ways to connect to that community and like, 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 deposit goodwill and whatnot into it yeah which can be tricky sometimes but yeah but you know it, it really in some ways is as simple as like you show up and ask like what can I do to help you know sometimes well thanks uh, for chatting we should go get something to eat to yeah. have to go to Hamilton here yeah it's a good idea and uh, yeah um, any last words about the uh you know, your dream community. <laughs> How much time you got? <laughs> no. But it's, it is like a, I don't know. We, we didn't even get into like, um, there's so many things you could talk about, but yeah, it, it, it does in some ways just kind of boil down to leaving your house, <laughs> which we should do right now. Yeah.